Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 retrospective. My name is Samuel, and I'll never be old. So how did I get old? And I'm Aaron. I remember in 2000 when I was just 28, because I've always been that age. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so welcome back, guys. We've been gone for a minute, because we're yeah. all apart to actually have jobs and, you know, get distracted by stuff. Uh, and get tired and old like every song on this album mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, let's be honest, like 60% of Starfire's discography mentions. <laughs> tired of being old or bored. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we are talking about the 2019 release, Young in My Head. Um, this album features Stephen Dale on bass. Uh, C. Martin, so Charlie Martin on drums, Jason's son, and T.W. Walsh on keys and mastering. And this came out April 26th, so we missed this anniversary. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so it's four years old now. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, so... Let's just go ahead and get started here, man. I guess we don't really have too much preamble. Um, what's your history with this album? Give it to me. Um, so, as I mentioned before, like, after changing the guard, I was kind of dumped Starfire. I thought Jason was done. And I can't remember if I got I'm a CEO or um, Slow or this album first. But I remember coming back into the fold. Um, I don't know how, I don't remember. Um, and I got on the Starfire message board and it was mentioning that Miami was coming out. And I was like, oh, stoked. Stoked about that. And I, waiting for Miami, I bought this album, or Slow. Again, I don't know which one, but I ended up getting those three albums in, in some order. Um, so that would have been 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. So I got this album a year late. Um, and when I listened to it, I did, I mean... It wasn't like my favorite, it wasn't like fashion focus or, you know, leave here a stranger or anything, but I didn't hate it. It was like, all right. And um, then, you know, I listened to a couple of times, Miami came out and I was like, you know what? You know, some songs really stuck out that I will obviously talk about um, throughout this podcast um, episode. Um, but yeah, just this past week of preparing and listening to it, um, especially like today, like I went, I went to go meet a friend in Yorktown um virginia for those who don't know the place where the british surrendered to america so basically literally the birthplace of america um and on the way up there i was listening to this album and this is the driving album like it really like that drive like <laughs> really opened these songs up to me more um it's very strange and there are some striving songs and of course um um, um sam and i talk about how jason had these sad beach songs and this has a lot of sad beach songs. And so I guess me going there and hearing these being prepped, I guess, um, really opened me up to it. So I like the um, Changing the Guard. Like, as I mentioned, I used to hate that album. That was like one of my favorite. Like, this in this past week, I this might be up there with the fashion focus. Like, Fear Stranger. I really like this album a lot. And I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it's definitely in the top maybe six, seven, maybe. What's your, what's your history with this album, I'm saying? Well, this was the first Starfire album I was aware of that it was actually releasing. 
and I like vaguely followed its trajectory and I listened to it the year it came out and I was let's see that would have been four years ago so I was 28 at that time you're always that age (laughs) I know right (laughs) and I I was like aware I was getting ready to like turn 30 in a couple years which I know doesn't sound like old but you know when you're I was it was on my mind a lot just getting old like I was slowly you know becoming aware of my own mortality and I was also getting super nostalgic about everything as one does when they realize they're no longer a teenager right and so this album came out and it hit me like square in the face and like it's themes of nostalgia and like dealing with your past and moving forward it just it struck me just right and then, like, it wasn't too long after that, we started our podcast. Wow. So this album holds a special place in my heart. Um, I believe when we talked about it, when we first started this podcast, we talked about what's our favorite album. And I mentioned this one as maybe being my favorite before we went yeah. through each album one by one. Does that still hold so, up? Um, we're going to oh, find no, hold out. Hold on, hold on, don't, don't, don't answer that. Yeah, yet. we're going to find out at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> And also, and I feel like I just like this week listening to it, like how I feel about changing the guard, like now how it's grown on me and it's so personal and hits me in the right spots now. I because of the things that we'll go through the songs we get there. I know in about 10 years, this is probably going to be my favorite Starfly album or like in the top three. But I'm just not like you said about the where you are in your life. The things he's talking about, I'm not quite some of these songs. I'm not quite there yet, but I know obviously if. God for you know, God willing I live there. I'm gonna to get to those points in life and this is really gonna resonate with me. And and before we get into it, I reflected too, like Starflyer, it's just it, this is a band I grew up with, like since I was like like 17, 16 years old. And so it it has, you know, with the breakup of a girl from the gold album to starting a family, fashion focus to, you know, we're talking about now, all these things like Jason's music has helped me has been there for every stage of life. And like, this is, it feels like this is one that I haven't got to yet. Like every other album feels like, okay, I'm here. This is where I am. But this one is the first one. It feels like I'm not there yet, but I see you coming. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't, maybe, you know, I've always, and I know this is a cliche, right? I've always felt like the the old soul type person where, Yes, I'm aware I'm physically young, but I relate more to older people most of the time. <laughs> yeah, same here. So, like, I think that's why this album hit me. Uh, before yeah. we get talking about the songs, let's talk about the artwork. Now, you True. mentioned this song, this album really hitting you well while you were driving. I have a theory for that. You ready? Uh, go. This album is a cowboy album. Uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. When I say cowboy, I'm talking like you're riding on your horse through the desert trying to get to the next town. And, you know, you're leaving your farm behind you or something. And I know that's the artwork, right? There's a cowboy on the artwork, and that's what immediately comes to my head. But there's, like, so many musical cues in this. And cowboy music is nothing new to Starflyer. We've had, like, spaghetti Western influences as far back as Americana. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, like, the album artwork, the, the way the guitar is played at various points in this album... And One then, version like, of the um, vinyl is called the Outlaw, Outlaw Outlaw version. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then, like, you have Jason's very Johnny Cash-esque gravel to his voice at this point in his age. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is such a cowboy album, and that artwork I, is just, mwah. <laughs> I'd say it's more of a blue-collar album, and I get the cowboy, and it's easy to do that, just like when people say that, you know, Prince is Around the World in the Day, it's a psychedelic album because it has that trippy cover. When it's not, like, one song of theirs really could be considered psychedelic rock. I think it's a blue-collar album, and the horse... I, obviously, I think it's a throwback to Shane and, you know, just like you said, Jason's Western influence because, you know, it's just there. But I think it's more of a blue collar where you're driving to your job. And these are very blue collar songs. And the cowboy back in the day, that was a blue collar job, whether it was Pony Express delivering the mail, rancher, you know, just all these different blue collar jobs, you know. And, and I think that's why it sounds better driving because it's a lot of blue collar themes in it. And I think I should clarify when I say cowboy, I don't mean like going in and shooting up the outlaws. I mean the rancher, right? Okay. The guy yeah. who's just driving cattle, just going about his day, doing his job. You're right. They were poor folk, right? Yeah. They were the ones who just went about doing their job and ignored everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and you said we we're going to have a quick preamble, and then here we are. What are we, like 20 minutes into it already? <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes. It's all right. I, 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 all right. Let's go. All right. So let's, let's dude, hit me up. You go first. Hey, are you listening? What? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Okay. Hey, are you listening? Um, well, this is two albums in a row where Jason starts things off with a slow song you know the last one was slow and i'll open her with slow <laughs> um gw washes high-pitched keyboards in the background are a musical delight i love that <laughs> sound um and you mentioned his johnny cash s vocals um i call it jason smoky vocals gravelly as you also said um gives this song so much character the rhythm and tone of the drums really blend well um, um, Charlie's drum is amazing here. Um, lyrically, I don't know if this song's about him talking about a lost friend, which is a very familiar Starfire song <laughs> trope, um, or if he's talking about God. Um, but um, I'm thinking it's probably a friend. Um, three stars uh, for the song, number six overall of the ten, starting off. So you know, a solid start um, to this album. Um, it was the first single from this album, too. Like a, It was just like a digital single. Um, what do you think, Sam? So this album, and I'm going to talk about this more as I go through because I didn't realize it until I was halfway through reviewing it. This album splits cleanly between the A side and the B side. Mm -hmm. uh, where you could almost listen to either side in any order. It wouldn't make a huge difference, I feel like. That's a good uh, point. I didn't even think about it. You're, you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, just as long as you listen to them sequentially on each side. So this is like the slow nostalgic side. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, a side is the slow thinking about stuff. Um, so my first thoughts on, Hey, are you listening? Is that alternative almost country guitar pairs with, like you said, his vocals perfectly like the most perfect blend I think um, his vocal presence in general on this album is so much stronger than past albums. I don't know 
what finally got into him. But I feel like on this album, you can finally, like, they're finally up front. And they work so perfect. I don't know. Even the Barrett ones, like in like, Silver and Americana, I think they still work great. But that's just me. I just love Jason's vocals. I think he's a great and underrated vocalist. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, the beat, like you said, is super mellow, which is a bit odd for an opening track. But I don't mm. care much because if the last album was just about generally looking back over memories, right? Like we talk about slow is all about memories. This about, album is all about reviewing every aspect of your life from all angles. So the keys combine with the other instruments to make like a dreamy soundscape. And like that's the word dreamy. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Dreamy. Very good. And that those there's like that dreamy soundscape throughout so much of this album, especially the first half. And it instantly makes me nostalgic without knowing why. I, I yes. can't explain. Yes. Like th this song, but just that soundscape in general. Like I feel nostalgic. Like, um, not like nostalgic, like longing for the past. More nostalgic, like I'm fondly looking over the past. If that makes I, sense. I wrote that about the next song. Like this song makes me nostalgic, and I don't know why. But <laughs> for the next song, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> uh, this song's lyrics are super vague, but seem to be I said addressing the fans. Oh, so, okay. Specifically, all the fans who had stopped listening in recent years, like you said, changing of like me, like me, yeah, like me. <laughs> and so, you could view these lyrics of like, "Hey, are you listening? Are you near or far? I don't know where you're at." I I like that. I, I okay, I get that. I'm picking. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, though I do like the idea of him trying to kind of talk to God, um, but. And I, I think you're right. I, I rescind what I said. I think you're right. I think that's what it is, probably. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, like, really stretch, the lyrics could also be about, like, looking at a younger part of yourself that was more full of optimism but still constantly searching for something to fulfill their life. Which but could that's a totally be Jason. And, and, and no, that would be on par for him. Um, <laughs> I, th I did also find it really interesting. I'll mention it now. These... The, this album's lyrics follow a verse-course-verse structure more so than any other album. Every song yep. is the exact yep. same verse-course-verse yep. structure. You're right. You're right. I don't think he's ever done that before. So I, I think you're right. It's a uh, it it makes for some more conventional songwriting, which is interesting. Yeah. All right, let's pick it up next with "Young in My Head." <laughs> Man, we're this album's only 38 minutes, so we're gonna talk about way longer than that. <laughs> For like five hours. <laughs> um all right. Um this song picks up the beat, not a lot, but enough to feel a little bit of energy moving, right? Yeah. Other than the faster beat and some slightly crunchier guitars, the song feels very similar to the last one. Once again, that super dreamy quality is still present. Where like this whole entire first half of this album makes me feel like I'm like in a dream. Like thinking about my past or something, yeah. like you know specifically when you wake up, like not really wake up, but you're aware you're laying in bed and you know your alarm's gonna go off at some point in the next ten minutes. Yes, so you just lay there. And this morning, like, you sort of dream, but not really, and just like yeah. brain just wanders and yeah, that's what this this song feels like. Um. 
The lyrics are definitely more straightforward at this song, pointing to specific ages in Martin's head when I assume significant things happened. Yeah. Um, so like the line, I was 23, you were 21. Um, I assume that references him meeting or marrying his wife. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, but what really sticks with me, this song, and I remember this really hitting me hard when I heard it four years ago. Um, I used to think I would never get old. How did I get old? <laughs> Man, it's obviously the older I get, that line is just going to keep putting back to haunt me. Every that reminds year. me of like when we had Terry Taylor up here, like with Jason, he just has a way with so many, so little words can communicate such deep truth. And that's one of them right there. I know it's a simple lyric, but it, he nailed it. Like it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Yes. Line. <laughs> <laughs> um, just that feeling of life just so subtly slipping by. Yeah. And in your head, you're still young and you have all the time in the world, but you know that's just not true. And oh my goodness, every year that passes, I just see my life flashing before my eyes and it makes me like almost nauseous. I'm just like, slow down. I want to enjoy this. I want to, I want to have what I have. I want to like you hit 40, grasp man. it, Wait hug you hit 40. it. Like, don't let it go. And it just keeps going by. And oh man, this song. And I'm just young in my head. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This song hits so hard. So yeah. I, I know I didn't really quote a lot of the lyrics because there's not a lot of lyrics. Like I said, verse, course, verse. But the little that's there just haunts me. And I think about it. And I'm just like, man, I don't want to get old. And I know he's been talking about, you know, being old for forever, specifically like on 2003's old. But I feel like it's more pungent here. Like now he's really feeling it. And it just it hits. It hits so hard, man. Yeah, Jason's probably was in his forties when he wrote this. Yeah. Um, where I am now. <laughs> All right, give it to me, man. What's your thoughts on Young in My Head? That's what she said. Um, well, first off, my favorite song in this album, number one, blows out the water, five stars. This is top shelf, star five fifty nine. Um I agree. The dreamy landscape, like sound, like you said, the stuff that like I mentioned on previous podcasts, like no new kind of story. I drive a lot where Jason just writes these grooves, these songs where it just, it's, it's a dream. It feels hypnotic. And like a lot of times when I listen to those songs, I'm just, I get caught up and I forget that there's lyrics and I'm just like, the song's always like, like you said, you're like in that dream state, like 10 minutes before you're supposed to get up and it's like, Oh, it's over. Like, what, did I listen to it? You know, you just get caught up in it. And, um, to me, musically, it sounds similar to Star to Jason's best song, This Recliner, which is in the next release, Miami. Um, so yeah, similar vibe. I love it. Um, this song's a bop for sure. Um, the guitars after the choruses are impeccable and catchy as hell. This song is indie pop perfection. I call this indie surf rock flyer '59. This should have been a hit for sure. This should have made Jason a freaking at least an indie famous artist um again the the keys and the drums are the star of this song um but and 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 i hear you about the simple structure the course, course verse course verse but that structure of the song allows it to flourish i think it needed that simplicity because this is an amazingly um written song just structurally like it's a great song and so sometimes when you write just a good 
pop song, you you just need the simple structure so it can just shine. You don't need to like do crazy and in, inventive things. Just let the song be the song. Um, and of course, you know, the, the lyric I quoted getting this, I remember in 2000 when I was 28, because I always been that age. And that's so crazy because this is why I said this. Um, well, OK. Um, when I was 28, I remember for half the year when I turned 28, I'm sorry, when I turned 29, I thought I was 28. It was like around May or something. And I remember somebody asked me something and I said, yeah, I'm 28. Wait, 29. Wait, how old am I? And like, I've just in, in, I forgot that I was 29. I just thought that was 28. And in my head, like when somebody asked me how old I am in my head, I just immediately think 28. <laughs> I don't know why. And this is like been for like, since like, I don't know, way before this song was even released. And then, yeah, like you said about the previous song, this song sounds nostalgic for some reason. Like, it makes me think of something fondly and not the 28 thing, but it just feels like, I don't know, like these, these, the things Jason's talking about, like I've felt these things before, but I don't know why. So yeah, great song. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, um, I think this might be like, this is definitely in the top three for me in this album, for sure. Top three? Gosh, Sam, I thought we were going to get to an episode where I didn't have to bless your heart, man. Jeez, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't have them in order yet, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> um, all right, give me your thoughts on track number three, Not That I Want To. All right. Now, um, th this song brings up a great point in the song. Okay, I mean, for this album. There are no bad songs, which I've seen on pretty much every <laughs> time. But they have to be ranked, okay? Because that's just my thing. I don't hate this song. And so I give this song two and a half stars. And a two and a half star for Jason is like any other artist. It's probably like a four. <laughs> because I'm comparing these songs to Starflyer. I'm not comparing them to other artists because you can't do that. Well, for how I rate things, you can't do that. So I just want to say that. So two, two and a half stars, my eighth favorite song on this album. Um, it's great. And, and I hear what you said about like on each side, you don't really need to listen to them in order to get the appeal um to get the impact but how it's listed i like it because you start off with are you listening kind of brings you in hits you in the mouth with young in my head then gives not that i want to let you chill down to into like um like a palate cleanser so you can you know get ready for what's coming next so i do like that um it's a chill jam i like it it um continues the formula of the album um and that like you said the course verse course and musically these songs are not too different um the guitar work during the choruses are top notch overall this is a good song nothing super impressive but there's nothing wrong with it either um the outro though um is really dope i read that part and this is another classic love song about how the narrator feels about being inadequate i don't know if this is like autobiographical for Jason or it's just a song he's writing. But yeah, that's all I got to say about this song. What about you, just Sam? Well, that intro, and you're going to hear me talking about intros a lot. That intro yeah, just sounds You're going to hear me talking about outros a lot. <laughs> <laughs> outros in the second half, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this intro is just super jaunty. <laughs> and once again, and I admit this is the album artwork probably influencing me a little bit. I'm getting some major country western vibes here, which, as I previously mentioned, if you listen to Starflyer for too many albums in a row, you—that's no surprise. He loves yeah. spaghetti western right up there with like surf rock, right? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. It's just part of what he loves and part of what he does. Um, Love that guitar solo about three minutes in. And what I really noticed, and I think it might be the song structures, but these songs feel so brief. And that's not necessarily a bad or good thing. They just feel brief. Even if they're three minutes, they still feel short. And they just like get in, say what they want to say, and get out. And they leave you wanting more, which honestly, that's the mark of a good song. It leaves you wanting to hear it again, right? Young in my head, I definitely want it to be longer. I need it, of course, repeat at least two more times, I think. Um. The lyrics seem to be um, addressing his wife, I would guess, which is really cool outside of the Bon Voyage projects Yeah, to see a, a song about marriage. Um, and I love the realism that in a relationship, you will let each other down. Yeah. And like the song yeah. said, says, it's not because we want to, right? It's not because yep. I'm trying. It's yep. just because it's a fact of life. I will yep. let you down. I'm human. Down, and this is just life. And um, that's just that that beautiful realism we've talked about from the Bon Voyage projects, right? Yeah. And I feel like, and I know I'm letting my personal narrative of this album influence it in my head, but I feel like this still stays with the theme of reflecting back on life. Um, like, I don't think this is something that's happening concurrently. I think this is stuff that's happening. You know, he's looking back over... 20 years of marriage or whatever. I don't know, however long it's been. And he's saying, hey, all these times we've let each other down. You know, it's not that I did it on purpose. I promise. Um, and just, it's just a fact of life of what it is. So I really appreciate this song for for just kind of touching on that topic. Yeah. Uh, a yeah, lot. Absolutely. All right. Moving right along to... Um, this one may be another one of my favorites. I'm not, I can't quite decide, um, but cry. So that guitar strum at the beginning, and I know it's just the way the power chord is played, yeah. but it took me back to the early two thousands for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> like it's that initial strum. I was just like, Oh, hello. 2003. Yeah. I missed you. <laughs> um, then we keep, we keep enough of the twangy guitars through the rest of the song to keep that alternative country vibes rolling, um, which I like a lot. Um, I also love the fake out ending <laughs> around a minute and 55 seconds in. The song just ends. Oh, but we're not really done. And then we go into an epic minute and a half outro. Normally, I don't like long outros, but this I'll gladly make an exception. Um, in fact, I would have accepted that outro being five minutes long. It was just so good, and I was enjoying it so much. Um, I feel like on that outro, you can even hear some echoey choir voices, which reminds me a lot of Leave Here a Stranger, um, that Baroque alternative uh, pop sound. Um, so yeah, musically, I'm loving this song. Uh, these lyrics are so straightforward, especially for um, Jason. I can see why this is the th- this is the first album I really connected with, um, as far as Starflyer's discography goes. Who doesn't me- sometimes metaphorically, sometimes literally run from the thought of being alone and getting old? Right, you're just, you're running, 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 running. 
I don't want to be alone. I don't want to get old. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to get old. And then it finally catches up to you and you just like break down in tears over it. If that's not one of the most like universal human experiences, I don't know what is. So yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. Well, um, First off, this is a rework. I don't know what came first, um, but um, this is a reworking of Bored from the Miami EP. Um, So I don't know if he wrote Cry First or Bored or what happened, but the first verse is the same um, that's in Bored. Um, It has that drawn out outro. Um, The outro is different, but it has a break in the outro and Bored just like it does here. So, um, So, you know, I don't, I think I like board better on Miami than this one. Um, but um, this is another good, solid written song. Executed very well. I enjoy. Um, I enjoyed the song when I listened to it, but it's not. I never like ever think, oh, I want to listen to this song like I do with some other songs like um, too much fun or whatever. But when it comes on, I enjoy it. Um, and then the outro, like you mentioned, reminded me of Everyone But Me from Americana. Very Everyone But Me as sounding. Um, it's a nice touch. Um, and lyrically, yeah, this is um, like the 25th Jason Jason song, I Don't Want to Be Old. <laughs> you know, This is my seventh favorite song on this album, three stars. Um, so, yeah, not terrible. Good, you know, good song. All right, tell me about, guys, yeah. remind me. Remind me, however, that is my second favorite song in this album. This song is dope. Four stars. Um, I love the spacey keyboards. I, I, I'm not going to mention the word intro. I'll let you do that. <laughs> um, especially during, um, so yeah, you'll do that. Um, love the contemplative vibe of this song. Um, he mentions Blue Collar Love in it. Oh, that's us. Love it. <laughs> um, this is Bittersweet Flyer 59 to me. Um, the music is full of emotion. You can feel the lyrics in Jason's singing. Like you can, you just feel it. You know, he's just reflecting on his life. Such sweet, sad music, like Terry Taylor um, would call it. Lyrics, lyrically, this is probably <laughs> the most straightforward song Jason has ever written. Right? <laughs> I mean, crazy. Um, the lyric, crazy. Um, my song. Uh, oh. Because um, all my songs are gone, and, then, and he talks about how he just wants to help his son, you know, write his songs. And then the next year, he releases his best song ever, This Recliner. And Jason just continues the long history of musicians lying in their songs. Kurt Cobain swear, swore that he didn't have a gun, and then we just all know what happened, and Jason swears all his songs are gone. And then he writes his best song later. You can't trust musicians. They're all liars. Um, but yeah, great song four stars what do you got sam i think it's not so much that they're liars but in the moment it's true i know uh, i'm just joking i'm just like joking. like yeah. sincerely though it's like um derek webb you know he um has he's changed his opinions on religion and such in year in the years that's an understatement and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and he, but he did. Someone's, someone once asked him, like, "Hey, how can you still play your old songs? Right? Like those songs are 
so different from what you believe now. And he said, you know, I trust my younger self that in that moment it was true for him. So and yeah, I, like and like now, like so like I, I get that because I'm agnostic now. I don't believe in Christianity at all, but like there's all like even like the supertones, those see supertones, like that's super evangelistic lyrics. And I still I still vibe and rock with those songs hard. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to this song. That intro slaps. I don't even say that word that often, but just I don't I didn't know how else to describe it. I love that. Yeah, intro. It does. You're right. It does. It really does. <laughs> um I called it Moody Moog. <laughs> That's good. I love it. <laughs> Moody Moog and sad, beautiful guitar work. Yep. Perfect for this song. That's all about remembering. And I think you don't perfect- you don't need any nuance in the song. He just says in the lyrics, and he tells you exactly what's going on for the first time ever. <laughs> Go ahead. But even if there were no lyrics, I feel like you'd still get the vibes of the song. True. True. Like it is the perfect coalition of lyrics and sound commenting on each other. Yeah. Um. And really, this is the perfect ending. This the A side. Like this is a closing track for side A. You know. Um, for the side all about remembering and nostalgia. Um, I have to give uh, Walsh major credit for his keyboard work in general, yeah. but it just works so well in this song. Amen. And this is the the kind of last of those dreamy synth lines we'll hear. Because like I said, this is the closing side for this side. This is the closing mm-hmm. song for this side. Um, this song is heartbreaking but beautiful to me. Like, mm-hmm. this is not the first time Jason's written about accepting that he's no longer relevant. Um, yep. As far back as Americana, I think he had that thread going, right? But this song yeah. makes you feel it. At least me. I'm just going to speak about me. This song makes me feel it in a way that the others didn't. Um, I promise, like, this song is the part of that cowboy movie where the old timer is like giving a pep talk to their young protege about going yeah. into the future and doing all the things they couldn't do. And probably mm. while they're laying on the ground, bleeding out from a bullet wound. <laughs> right. Like this is that song. Perfect description. Perfect description. Yeah. <laughs> and then at, with he's their last. Up. It's like he's giving up. Right. He's just like, I'm done. Yeah. And he's just like, here, take my sheriff badge or take my six shooter. Right. Take my guitar. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's exactly what this song is. It is. It really is. It's beautiful, heartbreaking. I love it so much. Me too. Just, yeah. Hits me so in all the, the sad, sweet feels. If Young in My Hit wasn't on this album, this would be the best song. <laughs> it's so good. It like, is. honestly, this whole entire album, like, I, I started recently past few months i've created like a, a master playlist of just every song i happen to like right yeah um that way I, it's like it's like six hundred thousand hours that way i can just um that way i can just pop it on and a random song will play that i know i'll like right yeah that's what my son does my oldest son yeah and i just put this whole entire album on there like yeah there's not just one song it just <laughs> like i said there's not a bad song in this album you're right i agree <laughs> <laughs> all right let's take a breath for a second take that vinyl flip it over yep. side b i need to buy this album on vinyl so much it's like only 50 bucks it's not that bad <laughs> for starfly that is a bargain <laughs> i know i need to make it happen all right if the first side is nostalgic and dreamy 
this side, I call it like the rocking tragedy side. Mm. This is like the so like forget trilogies, right? Normally we yeah. have trilogies. This this album he devoted five songs each to two specific themes. Just like remembering and daydreaming over like slow moody sounds and then rocking out to like tragedies in life. Um so let's start with smoke. Um, up to this point, we've had very few rockers, but this song kicks it off right. Um, I appreciate that in this rocker, we've moved on from any semblance of shoegaze or slowcore. We're, we're done with that. It's gone. We're now more straight ahead alternative rock, like in the spirit of Foo Fighters. And I'm totally Don't say that. that. Don't say that. No. Foo I Fighters said in the rock. spirit, man. No, not the spirit. This, this is way better than Foo Fighters. Don't do that. <laughs> It's, just, it's that, it's that straight time. ahead rock. Um, well, then say something like, I don't know, Aerosmith or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his Aerosmith album was Portuguese blues. I know I'm going to say straight up rock. Straight up rock. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, Foo Fighters has like three good songs, okay? They have one good album, the first album, and the rest is trash. Well, I mean, anyway, go ahead. This is not a Foo Fighters fan, but they suck. I'm sorry. I love Nirvana. Dave, girl, you're a great person. <laughs> All right. Um, lyrically, this song's a bit, um, a bit cryptic, but I think there's a very good chance, especially we, we talked about how literal Jason's lyrics are most of the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's talking about his longtime cigarette habit on this song. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, you know, the smoke, it goes up to my brain, it controls me. Like, yeah, he's talking about smoking. Um, you could take it as a metaphor for our own mortality slowly descending upon us, but Jason doesn't usually do metaphors, so it's probably just about smoking. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my thoughts. Well, I think he is literally, I mean, obviously he's literally talking about his smoking habit, but I think he's also using it as a metaphor for life because at the end, it's all right. I think I'm moving on and maybe my star's not bright, but it's still on. It's still on. It's just smoke. Your life is just smoke. It's going to go up. I mean, I think he's clearly being metaphorical and also being literal about the smoke. So that's just me. Come on, Jason. Come on. Talk to us. I know I'm right. Prove me wrong. So this is my fourth favorite song in this album. Four stars. Four songs. So good. This song sounds like it could be a Brothers Martin song. Because I'm with you. Because so, those songs were more noisy, aggressive. And this song definitely is that. It's so gritty, guitar-driven. The, the guitar tones are amazing. Um, th and this is probably my favorite vocal performance by Jason on this album. Um, the rhythm section is nasty on this song, just straight filthy, so good. Um, and then the line, um, "Why do I do? Why do I do what I do?" I just don't know. That reminds me of um, Saint Paul. I think in Romans he's talking about the things I do I don't want to do, you know. And I, you know, Jason's religious, maybe that's what he's trying to um, invoke there. Um, but this is a song I could put on repeat. And the music is so good. I don't even care what Jason is saying. Like this is like a, like you said, this is a rocker. You just blast this song. You're in the car, put the windows down, or drive to the beach and just let the song just like 
wash over you. Great song. All right. In that case, tell me about the next song, Wicked Trick. This is my least favorite song. Album. And again, no good songs, but we're ranking them. So this is my 10th favorite song, two and a half stars. Um, the breakdowns at the beginning of the song are great. The harmonic, the it, it's either a harmonica or like a harmonica sound on the keyboards, because um, no harmonica is listed in the um, the credits. So I'm assuming this that's a keyboard, but it sounds lovely. Um, another solid song, but not much to say about it. Um, lyrically, it sounds like the narrator is upset with some love with one of their loved ones. And again, I don't know if this is um, autobiographical or if he's just relaying a story that somebody told him, but I will yield the rest of the time to you to talk about what a, what a trick. I mean, wicked trick. Let's start with the music. This song, this intro, is a dead ringer for early Radiohead, particularly the song "Street Spirit." Like it just that hmm. intro reminds me of it so much. Didn't remind me of it all, and I love that song. <laughs> Is that? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like the. I'm gonna listen to this song now, and that's all I'm gonna hear now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I like the harmonica we get after the first course. Yeah. Um, and I think it is harmonica. Like this isn't the first time we've heard harmonica on a Starfire album. Yeah, I mean, but they usually never list it. listed. Oh, really? It's, it's never been listed. Okay. All right. I think it's just literally saying Jason has in his pocket at all. I just imagine he always has a harmonica in his pocket at any given time. And some cigarettes. Harmonica and some, some cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, and just every once in a while he just pulls it out. You know? And some, self, and, and some self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the way this song just builds and builds and builds until the end. Um, it's a really cool, like songwriting effect um sadly the end is a little bit anticlimactic so it builds builds and builds and just stops like no great climax sadly um but still it's it's like it's not bad just no noteworthy um these lyrics have me a little baffled um but they seem to be alluding to you know some sort of um, conflict a crisis of faith maybe so at first my first thought was you know um maybe this is like their feelings on god because they mentioned like being on their knees um praying yeah. why is this happening so like you know you're mad at god for a situation that's happening what's up here right um how could you play such a wicked trick on me god i don't um, think jason would write a lyric like that <laughs> saying that god play a wicked trick on him i don't think he would do that but I don't know. I don't know the guy. <laughs> I think the more the more likely answer is it's just someone close, super close to them, that leaves him emotionally cold. Um, yeah. And it's just you know uh, a bold proclamation, being like you know you left me in the cold, you're giving me cold sweats. I you know how could you do this to me? So someone close to him betrayed him, right? Um, and that that theme will actually carry on through the next for the rest of the album so yeah listen. you're right <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and move on and you know i just thought of this and we're gonna see how this holds up as we go through right this album is all about reflecting on your past what if 
it's a a uh, betrayal by self. Mm. Like the song opens with smoke, right? Talking about yeah. the vacuity of life and you know how yeah. he's for himself. Now, what if the rest of the album is like him kind of berating himself for how he's messed himself up in the past? I like you the same. I do, and the and the lyrics speak to that. Yeah, so let's see how this holds up. Junk. Um, we get a little return of lounge flyer for your listening pleasure. Yeah. Mainly, it's the it's the snare drum use, but still, I'm never gonna complain about lounge flyer ever. I'm not either. I'm always here for it. <laughs> like, just give us a full <laughs> album, Jason. Come on. I know, right? It's like. Amazing. <laughs> give it <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm glad for the musical change up as it helps alleviate yeah. the song from being stuck in that dreaded no man's land of forgotten right, songs right, on an album right. especially like album number song number 8 right yeah so I'm glad this this song has that slight musical change up um, once again we have the theme of damaged relationship from the previous song um, we've Talked about how literal Martin's songwriting can be. So the lines, you are now the talk of the town. I wonder why and how you forget. Now I'm driving away in my car. <laughs> and knowing how literal he is, I just find that hilarious because I imagine this two grown men in an argument and Jason just getting in his car and just angrily going, now I'm driving away in my car. <laughs> but... Once again, this could still, I think this could easily still play into I'm mad at myself for letting that situation getting out, get out of hand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mad at myself for ever getting mad at you to begin with. So, I don't know. What's your thought on Junk? This is my third favorite song in this album. Another four-star song. This is top-shelf Starfire stuff. Um, this could have been a Bon Voyage, and I'm glad you mentioned that. This could have been a Bon Voyage song. And we're talking about Bon Voyage. Please, Jeff, Jason, Julie, let's let's do a two disc Bon Voyage album where you cover Starfire songs. Wouldn't that be amazing? I would not be opposed to that, but I would also just as well like a Bon Voyage double album of all new material. Well, yeah, that too, obviously, yeah. Oh, oh, here you go. So Bon Voyage always has a third person stepping in to kind of shake things up, right? Mark Solomon. Mark Solomon, you <laughs> read my mind. Get out of here! You are you are you're out of control. Somebody get this man uh, a limoncello Lacroix before he loses his mind. Um, I love the whimsical feel of this song, and again, T.W. Wash's keyboards—they shimmer. I mean, he all throughout this album, great job, but especially here. Um, we got like you mentioned, Lau's fire. Um, I, I I wrote down Lou um, Lau guitar from Jason, and like I said, always like you said, always appreciate it. I'm all here for the Lou Al guitar. Um, I really love the soft approach to this song because, like you mentioned, the in you know the song before this and the rest of them are kind of rocky. So I do love the change of pace. Um, um, yeah, the you talked about intros. So I'm talking about the outro. The outro with the oh, no, 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 no. And the guitar strumming is so beautiful. I wish it were longer. I get the whole leave them on and more. But I just think maybe like another five or six more seconds of that oh, no, 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 no. With that strumming that he does there. 
would have made it a five star song. Um, yeah, I love this song. So good. All right. So tell me about Kane. Kane, my ninth favorite song on this album. Two and a half stars. Um, I call this <laughs> hard country rock flyer with your nine. Um, it's a slow burn delight with obviously country. Um, you mentioned, but yeah, this is another song that has, you know, country western um, roots in it. Um, this song, though, is like the Indiana of this album because, like, on the gold album, I know I got a lot of hate for this, and so I'm going to try to clarify this again. Indiana is not a bad song. It is not a bad song. If it was like a B-side or something on another release, it would have been great. But since it was on gold, it's got that same sounding song quality to it, so it just kind of gets lost in the sameness. And I feel like this song, Kane, suffers the same fate. Maybe this should have been a nine-song album. Um, lyrically, this sounds like a fight between two stubborn lovers. The mark of Kane is probably pride, you know. And then that that line, circle, you circle through like a screw. Is that a saying people say? I've never heard that before. And I never really like... You know, like dove deep into the lyrics into this week, but I saw I was like, you circle, you circle through like a screw. Is that a saying, Sam? Have you ever heard that before? I never heard of it. It makes total sense. Like you're you're getting into my head and you won't go away. Like you're getting into my head and it hurts. Get out. Yeah, like a screw. Yeah, I know. I mean, it makes sense, but I'm like, wow, did he invent that or is that like a saying? <laughs> I want to know. I should have googled it. I'm gonna google it after this to see if that's a saying. Because I never heard it before, but yeah, and I and I got like it is a great metaphor, um, metaphor, and like and I can see it in my head what that is, and man, you know what, Sam? I forgot to mention something in junk. I got I got to mention right now that um, you know, there's so much junk between us that I don't see at all. Um, I'm a therapist, and like, and I talk to people all the time, and whether it's being a marriage or friendships, some you there's like arguments that I call the greatest hits. Like you have the same arguments over and over again, disagreements and that junk gets in the way of the relationship and you don't see the or hear the person. And when I listen to this song, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, Jason, you should be a therapist. That's exactly what happens. People just get caught up in the words and the, um, the feelings that get brought up by the words that they're not even listening or seeing the other people and the junk, and that's the jump between us that ends relationships. So anyway, sorry about that. Very schizophrenic there. Go ahead, Sam. Talk about the king. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And this is probably my second favorite song. OMG. Bless your heart, Sam. Go ahead. <sighs> hey. Yes. More superb moody synthesizer to set the mood. Love it. Love it so much. Um, two, I can finally hear the bass really prominently on this track. And as always, Stephen Dale does not disappoint. Um, his bass work is always a delight. Um, and I think I know why you don't like this song. Are you ready for this hot take? Go ahead. This is the most Smiths-esque song on this album. <laughs> if that's true, then probably, because I don't like this Smiths. <laughs> yep, that, that's why you don't like it. Okay, all right, all right. But <laughs> that's it's still rocks, right? <laughs> this song rocks. And that's why I love it so much, I think. This is like the most straight-ahead rocker on the album. Um, 
Not Smoke. I think Smoke's the most straight-ahead rocker. I think this one, and I'll tell you why, but okay. I think this one beats it. Okay. Uh, Charlie's drums are doing a lot of heavy lifting on this song, and I'm just loving yeah. it. Like, I they do love just, that. Like, they are, he is on fire. Hmm. Like, um, I feel like, and this is, I know this is projecting some, right? Like, you're just playing into the mythology and everything. But I feel like um, his son playing on his album just, like, gives it a youthful enthusiasm that I haven't felt on a Starflyer album since maybe, like, Fashion Focus, honestly. Mm. Um, okay. We get well, hmm? maybe everybody makes mistakes. I'm with you after everybody makes mistakes. No, leave your strange. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm 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 feeling you though. It, it, it's been a while though. Um, we get another subdued but still epic guitar solo around three minute mark. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned this song. These songs felt short, right? Yeah. Like three minutes is the average length of a song. This song in particular, I could listen to ten minutes straight. Like just make this song a ten minute rocker of these this band because for the first time in forever. Starflyer 59 feels like a band. Um, I would say that for Young In My Head and Smoke. Not this one, man. <laughs> like, for the first time forever, they feel like a band to me. These guys are rocking out together, and for the first time, you can feel some chemistry coming from them. Like, yes, this song in particular, I don't know what it is, but I can just picture the three of them sitting in a room just rocking out to this song and just vibing. And... um that's probably why I like the song so much. It's just, you know, Starflyer hasn't been a band. I feel like not like a real band since, uh, I don't know, probably Portuguese blues. Okay. You know, after that, that, I would agree with that. It's been like studio trickery and stuff, you know? Yeah. So not like trickery, just different people bringing their yeah. own thing to the table. Um, that was, I feel like that was the last time where it was three guys sitting in a room rocking out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this song brings me back to those emotions and those feelings. Um, so, yeah, the, the music alone is what brings this song up so good for me. Um, the lyrics continue the broken relationship theme. Um, I love the, the metaphor of you wearing your emotions on your face being like the Mark of Cain. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you can go. And I, think that's what, I think that's what the Mark of Cain probably was. Yeah, just you're you're wearing emotions on your face. Yeah. And you can go as deep or as shallow as you want with this, right? Like, yes, I wear my emotions on my face. Everyone can see it like the mark of Cain. Or if you want to get technical, you know, God places the mark on Cain to let other people know, don't kill this person in vengeance for him killing his brother. Yeah. Right? So it's like... You're wearing the heavy emotions on your face, and everyone just knows don't mess with you while you're wearing those emotions. Yeah. It would not be a good time to mess with you at the moment. Yeah. Um, so like I said, you can go as deep or shallow as you want, but I love it. I love it so much. And this song bends perfectly into what I feel is the, the perfect ending for, for side B, the second side. Crash. Um, we get a crashing crash. 
Um, we get a crashing ending, pun totally intended. And we get to finish up this arc of broken relationship, or maybe just being mad at himself. I, I can look at it yeah. either way. Um, and I love the honesty and one of the most conclusive things I've ever heard from Martin about how to deal with these things. And I love this so much because this has been on my mind. Cause I, about a, I was listening to a podcast about a book series the other day, and I feel like they missed the point of the end of the series. And the, the point of the end of this song that ties so much back into the rest of the album, but especially side B, empathy. At the end of the day, the best way to end an argument, to heal rifts, um, is empathy. And really, if you want to get technical, the you can fake empathy to a degree, but the best way to have empathy is to live it. And this song's... Yeah. This album is all about reviewing your life. You're looking back. You're reliving it. You're experiencing everything in your head again. That's how you get empathy. You can get to a point in your life where you say, I have been there. I don't, I'm in your shoes. I don't need to be mad at you anymore. I don't need to let this get in the way of our relationship. Um, and just putting yourself in someone else's shoes and having empathy for them, if only for a moment, goes so far towards healing so many things that are wrong with the world i feel like um i mean it's, it's no coincidence <laughs> jesus says the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself have empathy for them right care about other people um the music may not stand out particularly well in this song but the emotion of the lyrics and then the lyric and the music just blending into those emotions work as a perfect closer for the B-side and really for the album, but especially for the B-side. Okay. Okay. Um, and I hear you and I agree. Um, you're right. Empathy is the basis for human relationships. And okay, I, well, I'll talk about the music and I'll get into the lyrics. Um, so... Up until this week, I like the the CV2 on the Miami EP better because that's the crash version, too, I guess, is what CV2 stands for. Um, but I think I like this version better now. I haven't listened to it more this week. Um, I think that Junk would have been a better closer, um, but I don't hate that this is a closer. I mean, it's I mean, clearly a better closer than, you know, your company. <laughs> um there's a lot of intricate guitar flourishes throughout the song that I truly appreciate. The guitar solo is another masterclass in Jason's ever in ever ongoing less is more <laughs> um, school that he's teaching us in. Um, this song has um, some real urgency to it. You know, it's a very earnest song, I think. Um, lyrically, it's a song about extending grace to one another. I like how at the end of the song, the lyrics switch from how Jason's just like, you know, I told you your mistakes and it switches to, I learned from my mistakes. And I think what you said too about, you know, the whole site being maybe a reflection on himself, because what happens a lot in, really, in really human relationships is we're so quick and able and in a, a, a depth and able to point out the flaws and how other people are fucking up. I'm sorry, messing up. 
Um, but it's hard for us to reflect and see how we're messing up. And that's where things go wrong. And I, and like like you said, like seeing that empathy switch, like the whole song, he's he's rating this person about how they messed up. Then he realizes, I made some mistakes too. We all can crash. And it reminds you of the Radiohead songs that you mentioned them. They're there. Where the lyric goes, we're all accidents waiting to happen. And we are. Because of human frailty, we're imperfect, we're flawed. We're all once we're all one mistake away from blowing and destroying our lives up. And that song speaks to that. And you're right. Lyrically, this is a great closer. But musically, junk would have been better. So I'm fine with it. It's fine. Either one would have been fine. But lyrically, this is a great closer. Which, you know, nailing those closers. Um, I don't think we've had an album yet where the album, where the closer hasn't been pretty much perfect. <laughs> Stop it. Bless your heart. <laughs> you're trying to, why are you triggering me, Sam? <laughs> Not helping my mental health here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get my final thoughts here. We're only an hour in. We're doing pretty good. Hour uh, in for a 30-minute, 38-minute album. All right. <laughs> um, I was really surprised to find how well this album works as two halves. As I previously mentioned, side A is all about nostalgia, but like the really sad kind of nostalgia. And um, while providing mellow but still engaging musical presence. And then um, I think Side A is, in my humble opinion, some of the best lyrics of Starfire's career. Um, Side A with Do You Remember, Young in My Head. Not cryptic, the most non cryptic lyrics for sure. Cry, (laughs) remind me. Yeah. Remind me. Yes, I love Side A's lyrics. Yeah. Um, side two, particularly the last four songs, seem about about working through a very specific and hard relationship between two people. Yeah. Ultimately, coming to the conclusion that empathy is the best solution, but you know, I think it's far more of a reflection on his own actions and not the other person, really. Like I'm just mad at myself for how I did all this crap. Um. And you know, side B offers up the most rocking tracks on the album and i think musically side b is the far superior side of the album um so we have like the perfect lyrics on one side and some of the most perfect music on the other side and my perfect album it's a perfect album so either way you slice it this is a really good album it is um and i this album may be the best album i've heard since leave here stranger um, I, hmm. I, I, I think I put it as my second favorite Starfire album at this point in my life. I mean, we'll eventually get around to it. We'll rate all the albums. That's going to be a whole entire ordeal. Hmm. There's going to be tears shed. Like we'll get there. There'll be sacrifices. <laughs> babies we there will be blood. Like <laughs> we're going to get there though. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. But at this moment in my life, that's where I'm feeling. So. Music, I give a two and a half. Um, I want to give it a three, but there is a couple musical weak spots like Crash and um, not that I want to, (laughs) that are like a little bit, a little bit weaker, right? Um, But still darn good. Lyrics, I give a three. Like these lyrics are so good. I love them so much. Side A alone. Those first five songs justify a perfect score in lyrics. Okay. 
Um, and overall, and when I say overall, it's hard to say how well this album is going to hold up because it just came out four years ago. But how it emotionally makes me feel and how it stands up in the pantheon of Starflyer's history, I give it a three. Like, it just works as a piece of art so well. Like, you know, eat eat your in rainbow. This this beats it by a long sweep for me. Um, so I give this an eight and a half out of nine. I'm tempted to give it a nine, but I'll give it eight and a half out of nine. That's the highest you ever given any album, I think. Right? Uh, Leave here a stranger. I gave that much. Um, okay. Back when, but. Okay. All right. Well, I'm with you. Like you said that this is the best album since Leave Here a Stranger, and I'm going through like old Portuguese blues, Dalim, talking voice, singing voice, changing the guard, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? And like I said at the beginning, in like probably five, ten years, it might be my favorite Starfire album. But even you saying that now, I think I agree with that. This is the best Starfire album since Leave Here a Stranger. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might go through and look at other albums, but I think right, I, I, that feels right. I think you're right. Um, it's incredible. Um, lyrically, I agree with you three. Um, musically, um, it's not timeless stuff like fashion focus and um, Americana, in my opinion. But I do think this music will hold over time. So two and a half at least and then overall the vibe and and the path on the starfire i'm with you i think i'll give it a three two and i think i'm with you with i'm gonna go with an eight reserving the half or a whole a couple years from now where it might be a nine but i'm gonna go with like an and an eight right now overall so we're in pretty close agreements on this album. It's yeah. it's a good album. Like no, it's a great, not good, great. <laughs> yeah, like I I think this is um, and you know we've we've been commenting on this since at least Dial M, but mm. you know his albums have been slowly just getting more and more mature. Yeah, I'm like Starflyer's always been it's, mature, which but, is good. Uh, yeah, um, but they just they they're aging so perfectly. And I just, like you said, this is the album that it's perfect. If you're 45 and you're in that stage of life. But like I said, I heard this when I was 28 and it hit me perfectly at that moment in my life. And Mm -hmm. I think any point in life where you're going through a transition where you're like, you're standing there and you know, you're getting ready to have a big change in your life, but you're not quite there yet this album works perfectly as a soundtrack for that. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm getting ready to go on the adventure. This is my pre-adventure album. Like, like the songs junk in my head and um, remind me, like, it's, and and like, I've been through all types of changes in my life. And so I've changed careers and stuff. But, you know, it just seems like, like him wanting to like, just focus on his son because he's an adult now. Focusing on his life. I'm about to be there. My my oldest son is 16. Um, and then, you know, him and Julie, you know, they've been married for a million years. And, you know, you 
not quite at certain things. And it just feels like in a few years from now, I'm like I'm going to hear these songs because I'm going to be at that stage of life. And like previous Starfire albums where I've been at various things where it's going to really click and hit with me. And I feel that. And like, again, it's nostalgic for something that hasn't happened yet. And so when it when I get there in the future, it's weird. It's like future nostalgia on this album. It's weird. That I want future, future nostalgia. nostalgia to be the name of an album now. <laughs> or a band, at least future nostalgia. But no, that's, yes. that's how, if I was going to describe this album, it would be future nostalgia. <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, so that's it. We've talked an hour and a half about a 38 minutes. So, I mean, album. Guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you for putting up with us. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to do the low Tom records. We may just skim over those for the sake of Aaron's mental health. Um, I appreciate it. We're almost done with the Starfire train. Yes, we are. We're going to just stick with us for a couple more albums and we'll see what happens next in our lives. Once again, my name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. And uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Thanks. Bye.